0: Wolfgang Van Halen, uh, from me, Rishi, and everybody who's watching and listening. Wonderful to talk to you. I hope your family and you are safe and healthy. These are very unprecedented times that we live in.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. We're You know staying healthy we're on lockdown in la so can't really go anywhere but got a lot of a lot of video games to play to stay busy (laughs) just be safe
0: so sounds like my life in mumbai (laughs) wolfgang it's been an eventful year in, in more ways than one and you have no idea the number of fans the band van halen and your father eddie and your uncle alex have in this country and really when he passed on there were a lot of rock fans who really went into mourning in india you know kids like me who grew up listening to F.U.C.K. and 1984 and 5150, 5150, all all these incredible albums. And and for you, personally, it must have been very, very difficult to deal with this. And how are you coping after the passing of of The Great Man?
1: Terribly. Day by day, it's up and down. But overall, I don't think I'll ever be 100% again. There's just kind of a part that's missing now, and I need to figure out how to operate without it, you know? the last few weeks or i guess month at this point have definitely helped to a certain extent i think keeping myself busy is better than than sitting and doing nothing because the, the the hardest time for me is usually right before i go to sleep <laughs> when i put my phone down you know i usually have to keep the tv on just to have some sort of audio distraction because the second that I kind of close my eyes and my brain starts to go and, and think on its own is, is when it's the toughest. So I always try to at least keep keep something going in my head just to keep it going.
0: And that aspect, your relationship with Eddie Van Halen was, was very different from the regular rock dad relationship. I was reading a book the other day on the Beatles and it talked about how John Lennon was largely an absentee father to Julian. And then I see the video of Distance, which is the new single, which we will talk about. And I see all these wonderful nuggets of your dad and you at strategic points of your childhood. And then eventually when you grew up, you ended up playing in the band with him. So he wasn't really an absentee father at all, which in, in rock and roll terms is quite cool. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, he was anything but an absentee father. He was my biggest, other than my my mother, my, my biggest cheerleader, you know, he was my best friend. And he was just, you know, he had his demons like, like any other person would. He was a normal person, you know, but overall his love and pride for me was unmatched to the point where I can st- it still drives me today even mm-hmm. with him not being here anymore. I think it was important to, to show that in the videos. You know, most people saw him as a, you know, as a or almost everybody saw him as this amazing guitar player, but he he really was an even better father if you could imagine.
0: That's incredible. Let's talk about the music now. I'm given to understand that uh, the solo band Mammoth WVH was put together and you were actually working on your album when unfortunately your dad's illness sickness came back and you had to drop those plans. Would you take us through that please?
1: Yeah, I've been working on this project for a very long time, since the end of the second Van Halen tour. So in 2013, I started actively writing for it. The very first demo I wrote for it, incidentally, was called Mammoth One, because <laughs> it was like first song for the project. And... Uh, yeah, I, I had been working on it throughout the years and it took me a really long time to figure out what I wanted to do with it. So that's why it took so long. But by the time it was done and ready to go, it was either like, hey, do I want to tour, you know, a big touring cycle for however long, or do do I want to spend time with my dad and stay with him and, and, and make sure he's okay and, and spend every moment I can
0: with him. And I think I made the right decision. And distance in that aspect, uh, musically as well as lyrically, is actually an open letter to Eddie Van Halen. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, throughout his health struggles, through the years, tough thing to deal with. He'd get better, he'd get worse, and you know I was there with by his side the, the entire time. And it was just kind of a way of getting, you know, writing for me is a is a therapeutic thing, and it was just a way of getting those emotions out of me, I guess. When everything happened, it wasn't a song I had fully finished for the album. I was kind of just waiting, I guess, to to do it for the second album or or something down the line. Uh, but when everything happened, I heard it in a new context when I listened to it, and it felt right to release it for him and have it go, have the proceeds go to his favorite charity and just make a video tribute for him, you know.
0: The video itself is quite sentimental. It's beautiful. Couldn't have been an easy job collect all those family home movies I mean we've moved on from the tape eater I imagine a few of them would have been on VHS tapes or you know those handy cams there's no phone shooting like we do these days and then also you've got a couple of beautiful snippets of a voicemail an answering machine like those phone answering machines we have used to have back in the day so did your mom help you did you have some of these tapes how do you chronicle all of them get them together to put it on the edit and of course the voicemail messages please
1: yeah my mom and I and my uncle Patrick we all- went through the footage that we had and we had to get some digitized because some were on those old tapes and we just went through and found our favorites and send them over to my editor Chuck and that voicemail was actually from my phone it wasn't from an old thing although I do have old one that might have some i haven't checked it yet but yeah my, my editor chuck did such a wonderful job compiling all the clips i mean i, I had to watch it a bunch which was tough I, I haven't watched the video since we released it but watched it enough to to know where i wanted everything and he did such a, a fantastic job of, of putting it together
0: and the music itself is just so beautiful and full you know it's it's just old school rock and it sounds so full and nice and rich you know the people who, who helped you put that together did you play bass on it yourself yeah i played everything. You played Oh wow. Yeah, the, oh, yeah the, awesome.
1: for my project and for and for distance for everything. Uh, literally everything you hear is is me 100%. <laughs> wow. Playing, everything. It's all me. So,
0: so mammoth WVH is predominantly you. you oh, know, it's,
1: it's all it's 100% me. I really played everything. Uh only difference will be live. I I have a band to help me play sure, it, but sure recording, you're hearing me 100%.
0: <laughs> That's incredible, because I would imagine you've got a few sessions, musicians, to help you do stuff and things like that, but it, it really is quite incredible that you put everything in it together, and uh, you've laid it down so beautifully. Let's do, do a bit of a rewind here. I remember when you first, you know, replaced Michael Anthony as the bassist for the band, for Van Halen, and, and you know, a different kind of truth was about to come out. That was actually an epic album in a lot of t- terms, Wolfgang, because David Lee Roth hadn't done vocals since 19 19- For the album, you were playing bass for the first time, probably the only time you had a recorded studio album. It take me back to that time. Were you a nervous little kid or very confident? You know, of doing this.
1: I was nervous, probably because I, I always am <laughs> to a certain extent. I'm very, I'm a very anxious person. But uh, overall, I was really driven and and excited to kind of kick the other guys in the gear and and be like, hey, you know, you guys haven't done an album in so long. Let's do one. Which is why I thought it was a good idea to go back and look at older demos to kind of get them into the minds, the the, the headspace of of those older ideas. And uh, we ended up getting it, getting it done, which I think was was no small feat. It was, I'm really proud of. Of everything i did on that album
0: and where you're sitting is that the 5150 studios
1: no this is just my home studio this is-
0: <laughs> but you know that that's an epic studio that everybody all has gone down in rock and roll history so just a little bit about that you know uh, yeah no,
1: it, it's home to me and i i plan on you know moving forward i plan on recording everything there for the rest of my life until i'm <laughs> until i'm unable to record anything
0: wow that's wonderful uh, even being in there the air must have a unique energy i mean the kind of classics that have come out of there
1: oh yeah it's it's a powerful energy every scratch in the floor is is important to me so like uh, i don't ever plan on like remodeling it or, or anything the, the very least i'd want to do is at least put a new computer in there because the computer's really old but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's, it's history in there it's it's magical
2: right, right.
0: I want to talk about the charity you have publicly announced that all proceeds from distance the single is going to go to the Hollands Opus Foundation. I know nothing about the foundation other than it's named after a movie which I really enjoyed watching. Would you tell us about the foundation and its activities please?
1: Yeah, you got it. My father was really close to this foundation. He's he's donated many times and it's a wonderful charity that helps uh, underfunded music programs around uh, North America and helps students that that want to, you know, play music, get instruments and everything and my dad was really close to it and i wanted to it was almost a gift for him at the same time and and wanting to let the the charity know that this relationship with my family won't end with my father and they're they're all very wonderful people people over there
0: your own career has been quite eventful. I mean, other than your work with Van Halen the band, there's been Tremonti, Clint Lowry. So uh, just a little bit about that, because all the learnings from all those bands and working with all those musicians must now go into your own baby, which is Mammoth WVH. So uh, just a bit of, that, of tracing back that journey.
1: Yeah, it's funny, the way I joined Tremonti is that it was kind of an emergency, like they didn't have a bass player. And I happened to be in New Jersey when they were in New York. And I went over there at midnight and learned the set and then we played the next day and then before I knew it I was I was in the band and uh, they're a bunch of great dudes who uh, actually the, the drummer at the time uh, Garrett Whitlock is going to be my live drummer so he's a great dude from Mammoth and then uh, Clint Lowry if you're familiar with uh, the band Seven Dust he's, I've been a fan and friends with, with all of them for a decade at this point and when he decided to do a solo album he hit me up and I, I was like absolutely of course especially because uh, the same producer Elvis Basquette who produced my album was producing his so it was just a great time hanging out with with all of us and just it it was really fun and like a a huge load off for me to just play drums and have fun because drums are my favorite instrument and what i'm most comfortable on and it was really great to not have to stress about writing anything i just had to sit there and be like what do you want me to play and then play it (laughs) so whenever he does a second album i'd love to (laughs) to play drums on it
0: again since you're talking drums were you a drummer did you pick up the drums even before you picked up the bass is that the way it went i mean considering your uncle your uncle is such a legendary drummer
1: Yeah, bass was actually the last thing I picked up. I I picked up drums when I was 10, uh, and then guitar when I was 12,
0: and bass when I was 15, so... that is really interesting you know one of my favorite tracks i mean it's not even a a top 40 hit or it doesn't even get played on rock radio or even acoustic radio is 316 on the for unlawful carnal knowledge album and i believe that is a dedication to you and 316 is actually your birthday so just just memories of that song and uh, you know playing it with your dad on stage must have been so many special occasions
1: oh yeah that was uh, some of my favorite memories is uh, i think in the uh, 2004 tour walking out and, and playing it with him is just a such a, a lovely time I, I just think it's a night it's almost it's bittersweet but it's poetic that you know we we both have these songs that we've dedicated to each other mine when i when i entered the world and my dad when he left you know
0: so Oh, wow. I never I never looked at it that way. That's a very poignant thing for you to say. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Also, you know, as a kid growing up, I mean, you, you have this legacy of David Lee Roth, Sammy, you know, the, the Van Halen brothers. Were you a little kid in the wings, you know, watching these guys are going, whoa, you know, and, and, and all very different from each other. You know, talk to me about David, Sammy, and your uncle and your dad in that aspect.
1: Yeah. I mean, growing up around it, it was just fun to witness. I mean, I didn't really get to know Dave until I joined the band, but... Uh... Sure. And I never really knew Sammy in that light. It was more just like, oh, here's here's Uncle Sam with the guys just hanging out, <laughs> growing up. But it was always fun growing up and just to see the amazing music that they'd be recording at the studio. I remember I found I actually found when I was going through tapes, I found footage of my mom holding me as a baby with him recording 316 in the studio.
0: Wow! So you were actually there. I mean, obviously you were too small yeah. <laughs> while 316 was happening. Wow! That is a moment. You got to find that tape. <laughs> Your dad's also a pioneer, Wolfgang, because, you know, he built all these instruments. I mean, the Frankenstrat has gone down in history. How do you view that aspect of him contributing so much to the world of guitar and music?
1: I mean, I, he's one of the most legendary per- people to play the instrument. And it's now my job to keep his legacy alive. And I, I plan on doing that too as strongly as I can. I can do it to keep his memory and, and his legacy alive for as long as possible.
0: And did you also get your own bass guitar on the first time you you came on into the band? Yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got a couple. I actually have uh, that one right there. That's oh. kind of like a Wolfgang bass. It's one of only 2 that exist. It'd, it'd be fun to, to to make that though for to have EVH make those because they're, they're a really great bass.
0: <laughs> and is it true that you were named after the great Western classical musician? Was it was it your mom's idea or dad's idea? Because rock and roll is so different from Western classical music.
1: I, I think they both agreed on it. I guess I'm I'm not I I think you know actually I think the biggest thing was the movie the Amadeus movie uh, because my mom loved at the beginning how they they called him Wolfie and so growing up obviously that was my nickname so i think they liked that more than anything and then my dad was like mozart that's amazing absolutely so i think that's how they agreed
0: on it (laughs) yeah i remember a cheesy top 40 hit "Amadeus, Amadeus" from that movie (laughs) (laughs) you know it's a it's what they called 80s synth pop at the time you know Uh, listen, I, I want to know what you feel about India For all, you, uh, you know, Indian fans of Van Halen And, and you know, everybody who's going to listen to Distance um, Have you ever traveled here? If you haven't, what are your views towards our, our incredible country?
1: No, no, I, I haven't But I'm so eager to go there Knowing how many people, how many fans there are And hopefully people that want to hear more from, from my project If there are people uh, who want to hear it I'm, I'm absolutely, I, I'd be there as soon as, as soon as we're able to
0: How's the pandemic been other than, you know, you being indoors? A lot of people are working on skills. I mean, I've had friends turning around and saying, whoa, I learned a new bit of software. Have there been any learnings of, of being indoors? Is there something that you worked on? Not
1: too much. I mean, I've, I've made a few demos for future recordings, but mostly it's just been, you know, staying safe or, or playing video games or, you know, just uh, spending time with my girlfriend or, or my mom or my uncle
0: safely, of course. But uh, other than that, not too much, really. <laughs> So what happens after Distance? Does the album come out early 2021? Can you give us a sneak peek of what the album is going to be all about? What are you calling it? Do you have those details?
1: Not all the details yet. Right now we're kind of aiming for like late spring-ish, I guess. Got some fun ideas that that can maybe uh, get some content out to people for a while to to get us through the rest of the pandemic. But yeah, other than that, uh, just stay tuned for next year yeah, you'll definitely be hearing some more music
0: what's on your phone Wolfgang what's what's the kind of music that you listen to any modern bands I mean you, I know that you were so enveloped by Van Halen you grew up on that sound but any exciting new artists that you've checked out and you could recommend to us what's on your phone
1: for a new artist I'm not sure because I've been focusing on my music for so long but I you know I really enjoyed the new tool album there's there's a lot of a lot of great like uh, Australian bands that I think are really awesome there's this band called Carnival and their album Sound Awake is is One of my favorites, but yeah, I mean, overall for the for the project, probably the biggest inspirations were like Foo Fighters, Nine Inch Nails, you know, kind of brainchilds of one person, that kind of Dave Grohl and and Trent Reznor. But yeah, other than that, I haven't (laughs) had much time to to branch out.
0: You, you've played so many gigs with van Hill and the band i mean uh, there was a time when you guys were touring so much any memorable gigs i know it's a difficult one any memorable gigs that you remember where the crowd was just going nuts and you were feeding off that energy would you recount oh, that aspect well, for for us
1: it's got to be one of the probably the f- very first show in in charlotte north carolina in 2007 was unbelievable like the second we finished the first song it was just like we couldn't we couldn't even hear our instruments everyone was so loud it's pretty incredible but, and also uh, a show I really enjoyed was when we played uh, the
0: Tokyo Dome. In, uh, Which also became an album. Yeah.
1: Exactly. That that was, it was an amazing show. It was a really, really crazy place. Really cool.
0: <laughs> and your favorite Van Halen album would be a complete experience.
1: I, I could probably like go through eras and give you like a half and half. Like I think of the Roth era, Fair Warning, 1984. For the Hagar era, foreign lawful Carnal Knowledge and Balance probably be my two favorites.
0: And, and is it true that, you know, your dad being the pioneer that he was, he wanted to get in keyboards pretty early on in the band. But obviously he faced opposition for it because, you know, rock music is rock music. And for a long time, people thought, oh, why should keyboards be in there? But then he insisted. And then, you know, the band's sound kind of changed. Would you give us an insight into that, please?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not too familiar. I, I I think overall, it was just a sign of the times. And I think, uh, you know, it was a more melodic thing when it came to, to Sam joining the band. So it, I think it all just kind of matched up and fit.
0: <laughs> and now I'm going to ask you another difficult one. And, you know, it's almost like picking through your own children, but a few songs that that really, really stand out. I mean, for me, even the ballads, I mean, when I, even if I listen to When Love Walks In and, you know, How Do I Know When It's Love, all these incredible songs, I see a different side of Van Halen, other than, of course, you know, the Right Nows and uh, the Jumps and things like that. Would you have favorite singles, songs that, you know, you're think, never tired of listening?
1: I think Dreams is probably one of oh. the greatest greatest melodies my father's ever written. Uh, th- I think that's really powerful. And that
0: keyboard line is just unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it's untouchable. I think it's one of the best melodies. He's ever written well Wolfgang, my time is up i've had a really nice time talking to you thank you very much and uh big ups on on distance and uh, this wonderful memory that you put out for all the, the fans of your dad and I hope to see you in india very very soon cheers
1: i'm looking forward to it man have a good one thanks for having all me bye.
0: merry christmas in advance